cost comparison of a home gym versus a gym membership. When it comes to a gym membership, what you usually pay is anywhere from 20 bucks to 50 bucks a month. When I say bucks, I mean euros, dollars, or maybe also pounds, since these trade usually for kind of the same thing. Other currencies, such as the Indian or Chinese currencies, are on other levels of exchange. Therefore, it doesn't really make sense to compare these. Nevertheless, when it comes to the financial aspect of a home gym or a gym membership, there are actually a lot of factors involved that are not directly visible. The first major part is if you have a home gym, so let's first say you have a normal gym membership, then you pay you 20 to 50 bucks a month. Additionally, what you also have to pay is the access, the access via traveling. And this means you either pay additional, additional fuel cost for traveling there, or you, pay, or you pay additional time, for example, for driving there either or walking there. So you could also go there by public transport. It doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is that you have to spend more time for the whole unit of your workout because you actually have to travel there and also travel back in time. Now, <laughs> if you then didn't land in the past, let's compare it to the home gym again. The first thing about the home gym that is not directly visible is the fact that you have to rent the space. This could mean that you don't have to rent the space, but you actually bought the space, which is just kind of a really long-term loan, not loan, but rent, if you think about it. Or you could also say the rent is just a short-term short purchase, but nevertheless, what I think it comes down to is if you already have a property, then of course it's much more easier to have a home gym. Why? Because a home gym takes a lot of time and dedication. You have to design the whole space. You have to figure out what to buy. And when it comes to gym things or gym devices, the problem is they have, it's not a problem, it's just a requirement. They all have to be kind of compatible. So this means you shouldn't have different bars or bars, bars with different diameters because then these, the plates and the bars maybe don't fit together as well. Therefore, you have to have kind of a master plan. Of course, you can also upgrade along the way, but the problem is that you then would have to sell partially all of your stuff because you upgrade to a different system, for example. And also when it comes to the actual the actual big machines. It would make sense to have one system of these big machines. And since most people probably don't have a system of very big machines in their home gym, since this would already be a very small, a small, not a home gym anymore, I guess. The problem, the main problem of the home gym is that because you have a constrained space and because you have a constrained budget, you only have a certain you only have certain machines available. And with these certain machines, you can only do certain types of movements. And you can only vary so much. Of course, you can do body weight training, body weight training. You can always do body weight training. But if I take my own experience now into account is that 
in a home gym, there is the set routine. And of course, in a normal gym, you can also have your set routine. It's just that in a home gym, you don't, you cannot really upgrade anymore once the home gym is full. Therefore, you cannot really vary the exercises that much. And therefore, once you have the right routine, the home gym, I mean, it provides you with this access, this access to the gym all the time, or at least for certain amounts of time of the day, for certain parts of the day. But nevertheless, it is very restrictive in terms of burying your training because you don't have a squat rack and different types of things. What also is a factor is the fact that in a home gym you are probably less likely. So there are two sides to this coin. On the one side, in a home gym you are less likely to be able to do switch, switch routines. What is a switch routine? It's a routine where you have basically two exercises at the same time and you alternate in between those two which saves you the time. So what I frequently do is I hit the pecs for example and also work the arms out. So I switch in between the basically T curls or they are not called T curls but hammer curls and bench press for example and this means I don't have to rest in between which saves me time when working out. So first of all in a home gym if you have the machines, if you have the different types of equipment you actually need for these alternating sets, then it becomes very efficient and then it is possible. But at the same time, now in a gym, in a classic gym, you can do a lot more of these alternatives, not alternatives, but of these switch routines. But at the same time, if the, the gym now is pretty full, pretty stacked, then what you cannot do is use a lot of machines at the same time, maybe at maximum two, but some gyms only allow, or it is also not really part of the restriction maybe, not part of the restriction, but part of the, of the guidelines of the gym, but it just also may just be a social code. If the gym is stacked, you just don't take two machines and let everybody wait or let people wait. So now, when it now comes to finally comparing all the financial aspects, I would say on a gym membership, you have the main expense, not as money itself, but as the time. If you are at home and you take one hour for the whole workout, which for me usually equates to 10 minutes of showering, 10 minutes of changing my clothes in the beginning. Of course, the showering is afterwards. So if I begin at six, let's say, then I stop at six, for example, working, studying. Then I change my clothes, prepare my phone, and basically go to the home gym. Then in the home gym, usually at 10 after six, or even at quarter past six, I usually begin the workout. This means I train the core training time is then 45 to 50 minutes. Ideally, it would be exactly 50 minutes. And then I have 10 minutes where I shower and I change my clothes again, I comb my hair, and then I am ready again. This means you have only one hour a day. So if you train three times a week out of seven, seven times a week for 
365 days. This means you have three hours per week. Three hours per week, the, the year has usually 52 weeks. This means at three hours a week, a total over the course of one year, you only have 156 hours, if I calculated this correctly. So this means, in terms of time investment, this is probably one of the best things you can do if you have the space. Of course, if you now are on the verge or on the edge of choosing a flat or also theoretically you would have at any time the given option to change your flat, to change your apartment or housing situation into something that then allows yourself to have a home gym. So it's kind of a comparison between all, between all the different options and if you are, for example, in an apartment complex that may also have a gym in the apartment complex, then you kind of have both benefits. The benefits of not having to worry about the gym itself and also not having to maintain, maintain and clean the gym itself, because this is also a huge part. You have, if you have a home gym, it's an additional room you need to clean basically almost every week, at least once a week, I guess. And this is also a part. So now, if we compare all those different factors, let's first take a look at time. Time, here the winner is, at least if we take a look at the direct time that is invested per unit of, of training, then the direct time is probably lower. Let's say one hour for 40 minutes of training, which is an efficiency of 66% including showering and changing clothes. And let's compare this to the same core workout length in a gym. Let's say you have a gym that is very close by, within one kilometer of range. Then let's also estimate or assume that you go there by bike, which takes you at max 10 minutes. Then you also have to change clothes and you probably also have to prepare your gym bag. Let's be very, very optimistic and let's say the whole process from beginning to end now only takes you 20 minutes instead of the 10 in a home gym, which is very optimistic. Usually it probably takes you 30 minutes at least, even if the home gym is very close. So because you have to remember what things you take with you and you also have to go to your bike, you also have to take your bike, you may, might wait at a light and things like these. So therefore, let's be very optimistic and say you only have 20 minutes now of time that is lost for changing clothes, but also for traveling there. And not only in the beginning, but also in the end. Then you have a total of 40 minutes of cost, time cost around the unit itself, around the unit of training. And now this equates to an efficiency of 50%. So it might seem not as a big decrease from 66% to 50%, but keep in mind that this is just a very optimistic comparison. In reality, it probably looks much more like 30 minutes going there, 30 minutes going back and showering, therefore you have 60 minutes, which are the traveling time, and therefore you have 100 minutes in total of which only 40 minutes are the core workout, which means you have now an efficiency of a ridiculous 40% of core workout time per invested time per unit of workout. So 
Now, this is also a motivational thing. When it comes to behavioral psychology, and also I'm including basically my own thoughts about the books of, or my own, the, the things I remember basically from books like Nudge or Thinking Fast, Thinking Slow, it seems like the more, the easier, not the more, the easier something is, the more likely you are to do it. So at a given, at a given fixed rate of willpower, and whether willpower and in which forms it exists on a physiological level, this, I mean, there are, there have been studies. So to finish the previous sentence, whether this exists on a physiological level and how it exists in a physiological level is at least unclear to me, whether it is also unclear to scientists is a different matter. But what I wanted to state is that there have been studies where people, for example, have to solve mathematical problems and then afterwards choose in between a good, a healthy food option and a crappy food option. And now you compare these people to people who didn't have to solve math problems before and the likelihood of the people with the math problems before choosing the crappy food increases compared to the comparison group. Which means if you have to use willpower, so this is the interpretation now, if you have to use willpower, you drain the willpower over a certain unit of time and until it replenishes, you actually are less likely to use your willpower to constrain your choices or to constrain your cravings when it comes to food or other things like these. So now this is also, if you now include findings like these into your own optimization of your life, this is include choice, this is not include, this is called choice architecture. Why? Because you are architecting your choices in the future for your future you and therefore make it easier or harder to do certain things. Ideally, you make the things you want to do easier and the things you don't want to do harder. Now back to the gym. If you have a bad day or if you already used a lot of willpower on work, on studying, on kindergarten maybe, if you are still in kindergarten, probably not, but maybe you are in kindergarten and you're working there. So here's the idea. If it now, basically you could assume a linear correlation in between the, the distance from you to the gym and the willpower you have to use to go there and therefore also the likelihood you over time establish a habit of going there every time you want to every time you plan to let's say not every time you want to because that's not identical these two things are different so the idea is now the closer the gym is and therefore a big point for the home gym again the more likely you are to work out even if you don't want to work out, even if you already were in hiking in the mountains, even if you have a job as a service worker where, where you walk all day, for example, helping out at a doctor or being a nurse or things like these, jobs that require physical work already. So this, again, is a big point for the home job. Now let's discuss service and let's discuss cleaning. The major benefit, one of the major benefits, not the major benefit of a external gym is that you outsource all of the managing of the gym 
to somebody else, to the company that owns and operates the gym. So this is a huge factor, thinking about what things to buy, because in terms of how you invest, or not only how you invest your time, but also the money you have, buying gym equipment is something that actually takes a lot of money. So let's just assume you buy a bench, you buy maybe one machine, you buy a pull-up bar, you buy one set of, of handlebars, you also buy elastic bands and maybe an app cruncher and things like these. So if you begin to invest and also Again, keep in mind, you want to keep things systemic. They all should be compatible with each other and it doesn't really make sense to buy from eBay here and there. Maybe it makes sense, but this again is additional work. You have to actually write these people and then make an appointment with these people for actually getting the stuff. Also, shipping this stuff is not really easy because it's so heavy. So therefore, shipping cost is also a part. The idea now is that this also not only takes a lot of time, a lot of mental capacity but also takes a lot of money that actually is bound because you cannot invest it otherwise of course you could also say this is an investment but if you compare it to a financial option where you actually get something actively in return like a cash flow in return then your home gym is just money that is bound up and is not used so basically all the things you own and don't return an active cash flow are things that are not actively returning a cash flow and therefore just binding your money. Property, for example, is also binding money, but again, maybe you rent it and therefore you can again have an active cash flow. So if you, for example, now have 2,500 bucks, you could invest 2,500 bucks in a very nice home gym. And this is probably what it takes for building a very nice home gym. You have to, if, for example, you renovate your basement into a home gym, because there are a lot of things that have to be bought. You have to bolt the things into the wall, for example, the pull-up bar and things like these. Apart from the time investment it takes to set up all these things, apart from the time investment it takes to maintain all of these things, because sometimes things break and then you have to buy things again or rebuy things again. And in this department, the membership clearly wins because the only thing you have to do is pay and everything else is outsourced the only thing you have to do is pay and appear and nothing else now to sum it up both have advantages and disadvantages you have to choose according to your own need according to your situation example even if you are not close to a, to a gym for example to a gym that actually offers memberships, but you are working close to one or you are going shopping afterwards once a week and you only want to go to the gym once a week and it's basically in the same building, for example, then these options could create a version for you that is much better than a home gym or could create a version for you that is much better compared to you driving there. And therefore, you have to keep a lot of different factors in mind when comparing a home gym to a traditional gym. Also, over time, what I experienced on myself again and again and again 
is the fact that in a gym you have the social aspect. This again now has two aspects and even though I already dove into the summary, the first aspect is this. If you are in a gym, you can not just do your workout. If there is somebody else there, you maybe have to ask, oh, can I use this, can I use that? And then you maybe talk for one minute and about this, oh yeah, I'm also doing this exercise. And then somebody speaks to you about, oh yeah, uh, you're doing this wrong. Did you ever realize you're doing this really wrong and you shouldn't do it? And so a certain amount of your core workout time is converted into social time automatically and is therefore again decreasing the efficiency of your core workout or not your core not your core workout but of your workout efficiency so core workout time per invested time in total but another aspect now is and this is a huge plus for the gym for the external gym is that in the gym what you are doing is you are observing others. At least you think you are. It's not that you think you are, but you are kind of there. And let's now turn these two roles around. And this now means that you think you are observed by others. And if you're thinking you are observed by others, this usually leads towards an increase of intensity, an increase of your effort because you don't want to be the one that only does this little weight or does only baby weights or whatever so this now means that you probably over time can increase your your muscle density not really your density but your muscle mass and also your workout performance not only your workout performance but also just in general your total health optimizing it just a might be better in the gym with if you respond to these kind of stimuli if you don't respond at all which i probably find hard to believe because we all are kind of wired to to behave a certain way when we are around people and behave not a certain way when we are not a, around people it's kind of a social filter to only maybe display the best version of ourselves and this is a very positive thing about the gym so now it's finally closing up you should take all these different factors into consideration and then maybe just search for the specific situation so if you are searching for a new flat for example so just research the different gyms in advance and because if you are already working out for quite some time chances are you want in the future and also if you don't work out yet i mean working out is basically a no-brainer it's just keeping you from losing muscle mass because after age 25 or around this you begin to lose muscle mass or maybe it's age 30 depends but usually at age 20 to 25 the body has the peak in terms of performance and then it goes down and at a certain age you start to lose muscle mass if you don't actively try to keep up this muscle mass so i mean apart from all the other benefits that are there it makes sense now as a summary to compare the very individual specific options 
And if you get, go into a home gym, I think it also would make sense to either don't do a home gym at all, or do a home gym that is that fulfills all your basic needs. Because what you don't need is a compromised solution where you only have like a few things available and then you think the gym is the external gym is the better option but you cannot really do it because it's less efficient and therefore you are stuck at home and this is not something you want to do you want to have basically a clear plan and you want to know that this is a good option and act according to this